more complicated later, Nora. Get your education while life is still fairly easy. Otherwise, you might not go back. More complicated? The thought plagued me all day. Right now, she's eyeballing me, so I know she hasn't forgotten. I shift on my feet. The application to NYCCC is still in my bag. I'm having trouble finding a typewriter, I tell her. She crosses her arms and gives me a pained look. There are plenty of machines available for use in the typing lab, and you know it. You just have to schedule with Mrs. Pratt. Will this woman never let up? Can she not see the signs of senioritis? I've explained several times now that it is an established condition. Oh, good, I say. But in my mind, I'm typing her a little message. Shift, cap lock, I am over this, return. Deadlines, Nora, she warns me. And one more thing, please. I take a deep breath and turn around. After four years, I am actually starting to hate her. If she says one word about aspirations, I will scream. Your brother, she says. Oh, even better. Now what? Hector hasn't exactly made many fans among his teachers over the years. Luckily, only a few of them still care enough to call home to tell Mima about his late assignments, his absences, his general attitude problem, or, to be more accurate, to tell me so I can explain it to Mima in Spanish. But now I can see they've called in the big guns. He's a guidance case. Did Hector do something? I ask innocently. No, that's the trouble, Miss Friedmore says. He's not here, again. He's been sick, I say. That's not technically a lie. He's been coughing. Though, what can you expect if you smoke a pack a day? Please ask your mother to call me, she says. There are a few matters we have to discuss about his coursework. Sure, I'll let her know. Poor Miss Friedmore. She has no idea that it will mean nothing. And you'll speak with Mrs. Pratt, too? I give her an exasperated look. Yes, Miss Friedmore. She pats my cheek. Have the application on my desk in a week and I'll add my recommendation. The following afternoon, I climb the stairs to our apartment. As soon as I turn the key and step inside, I can tell that I've landed smack in the middle of one of Mima and Hector's showdowns. Crap. If only I'd put my ear to the door first, I would have heard the muffled voices and waited out their argument. It's a pretty day. I might have been able to ride the city bus all the way to the island and back to kill time. I try to back out quietly, but it's too late. Mima spots me. Aquí está tu hermana she says, announcing me. She's at the sink, elbow deep in soapy water. Hector stands in the kitchen doorway, a lit cigarette dangling from his lips while he does hand tricks with one of his Zippo lighters. He can close it with a sharp flick of the wrist alone. Sure, it's impressive, but how many lighters does a person need? The answer is infinite. If you're a pyro like he is and matches just aren't enough, I find Zippo's rattling in the dryer after I do the laundry every week. The truth is, 
I feel a little guilty watching him smoke. It wasn't so long ago that Hector and I sucked on peeled Crayola crayons, pretending to be a movie star and a cowboy. All my idea. But now it's not a game. He smokes like a fiend. At first, Mima nagged him about his lungs and all that. Eventually, she stopped because it pissed him off. Now, along with smoking, he's acquired a new habit of overturning kitchen chairs to let you know when you're on his nerves. I had to swipe a tube of Mr. Melvin's best wood glue to keep on hand for the busted legs. I hang up my coat in the hall closet and notice that the orange light from my turntable is on. Haven't I been perfectly clear? No touching my stuff unless I'm home. Hector's Led Zeppelin LP is still sitting there, too. I have a good mind to scratch it up for him. No lo tengo!